Prahlad Maharaj's train. So this is 49th verse. And now we'll have six more verses. So this chapter has 55 verses. So Prahlad Maharaj is praying again. Naite guno na naite guna na gunino mahat adyoya sarve manah pravritya sahadeva martyaha adya antavanta urugaye vidanti tvam eva vimarsh shudhayo vimarshanti shabdha. Neither the three modes of material nature, sattvagun, rajagun, and tamagun, nor their predominating deities. The five gross elements, the mind, the demigods, nor the human beings who are all subject to birth, death, and annihilation can understand your lordship. Therefore, the wise, spiritually advanced men who have taken to devotional service do not much bother with the Vedic study, but rather they engage themselves in practical devotional service. So there are many, many important words in this verse, which is being translated by Srila Prabhupada, and we'll discuss everything, all these verses. Let's try to understand the basic from where this verse is coming and how it is, why it is even mentioned that the person will not much engage himself in the Vedic study because, as we understand, the Vedic literatures are the path, are the way and from which we can understand what is the ultimate goal of life. But if you see here, it is mentioned that those who are advanced, they do not bother even to study the Vedas. How is it so? We'll discuss that also. Now, the human form of life, which is mentioned in our scriptures, it is very, very rare and very, very special also. This we have had many, many times, but sometimes it doesn't click also to us because we are not very much aware of the fact that how important it is to have to, to attain this human form of life. And even after attaining human form of life, because there are 8.4 million species of life as per our Vedic understanding. And although the today's, today's science and others, they are still not able to discover this species of life. But still, when we understand, when we go to the Vedic understanding, there are 8.4 million species of life. That is 84 lakh species of life. Now to that also, there are 4 lakh kind of human beings in this mention. That means in the water you, you will find nine, nine lakh kind of species. On land you will, you will find 20 lakh kind of species. And that means this insects and all this, there are 11 lakh kinds of things. Like that, there are four lakh kind of human beings are there. And among the four lakh kind of human beings also, most of them, as we see in today's time is Kaliuga. Most of them are uncivilized. Civilized, when I say, doesn't mean that a person should be educated in terms of uh, modern education or he should have a big house or he should have a big car and he should be he should be able to speak nicely. No. When you talk about Vedic civilization, a person is civil, is civilized. That means he's a Brahmana. So most of the people, 99% people, we can say, they're uncivilized. Uncivilized means a person almost living like a Shudra or less than Shudra because they don't have any understanding of life. They do not know what is the importance of life. They do not know what is the goal of life. And ultimately, more or less, people are living like animals. Just like animal lives his life only for four things, eating, sleeping, mating, and defending. Most of the population in today's time is actually living for this purpose only. How I can eat? How can I sleep? How can I enjoy my senses? And ultimately, uh, how can I save myself from any kind of attack of this material world? 
so this kind of tendency are there and uh, it is very very rare even that four lakh kind of human being also a person who comes to this understanding he comes in touch with vedic knowledge this itself is very rare that's why this is labdha sudurlava vidam bahu sambhavante that means this human life is very very rare bahu sambhavante manush arthamatam anitya papi hadira first of all it is very 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 rare at the same time it is it is anitya that means it is temporary it is rare also and it is temporary that means it is not that once you get human form of life now you can always remain here no you can you can be in this body for some particular number of years or ultimately you have to leave this body so now whatever amount of time we are in this human form of life let's say 40 year 50 year 60 year or at most 70 80 years today's time now how we are utilizing this human form of life that is that is our success now for some people this utilization means uh, how can i gratify my senses and people they think ultimately the goal of life how can i enjoy my senses some or the other i can enjoy my senses i can uh, gratify my senses and that's why i can i can say that i have utilized my life 100% just like some people say no uh, i have this desire pending i have not gone to this place i want to go to that place if i go to that place i will be my life is done so i have various kind of desires like that i want to go there i want to do this activity i want to eat this i want to enjoy this particular kind of sense gratification activity so they have this kind of understanding it's a some or the other i can enjoy my senses and that we have discussed also one of the session there is a there was a famous muni also in india who has given this theory that uh, prabhupad mentions many times his name was charvak so today is actually more or less people are following charvak theory and what is that theory charvak theory is radam kritva gritam bevet yavat jivet sukhev jivet that means back barrow street because you want to enjoy senses that means you should have money without money how can you enjoy senses so this muni says radam gritva gritam bevet gritam bevet means ghee you take a lot of ghee that means you enjoy senses so if you don't have money no problem you take back borrow stool whatever street whatever is possible you somehow the other gather money radam kritva gritam bevet javat jivam sukhit sukham jivet whatever amount of time you live please live very very nicely enjoy your senses nicely and somebody can say no if you take money if you don't pay back then you have to suffer for it and many things will happen you will incur so much of karma so he says no vasmi bhutasya dehasya kuta punam agar agamam bhavet that means once you leave this body who will come and see because ultimately your body will become ashes you turn into ashes so who will come and who will check that whether person has taken money or not and who will pay this money back so more or less today civilization like that we take credit card we take loan although we know that today tomorrow i will be able to i have to suffer for that because i my income is less but the person is telling your limit is 1 lakh still you have 10000 rupees and you have 50000 rupees with you you need not to pay now so people think okay i need i need not to pay any uh, forever you have to pay later with interest but you have to pay that's why one boy was telling prabhu my limit is 1 lakh somehow and uh, they have made it to 2 lakh so earlier i were I, earlier i was able to maintain myself in 1 lakh now even 2 lakh is less so that's why mind cheats and these people also cheat you ha huh, just 1 lakh we are increasing and anyway you are my very nicely playing we are giving bonus point what is the bonus point they will charge interest this is bonus point <laughs> and people will think oh, okay now my standard of living is very very high now so that's how this mind cheats us this material will cheats us and person who is supposed to 
uh, as a human form of life can live like a brahmana can understand what is the goal of life what is the purpose of life he ultimately gets into this cycle of sense gratification and never comes out of that that's our, our scripture says what is the greatest defeat of a person greatest defeat of a person is not that he is not able to get a job or is not able to get married is not able to get some degree or is not able to achieve some material thing no the greatest defeat of life is of a person who has got this human form of life and before without understanding the main purpose of life he has he has somehow or the other lost his life parabhavastavad abodh jata that is the greatest defeat of a person is this not that he has lost anything money or somewhere no but for that it requires intelligence that's why in this verse is the person who is spiritually advanced and intelligent they can understand only understand only in this life so among so many human form of so many living entities in this world those who are living on this planet and other planet also human life is very rare and even human from human life also those who are little civilized at least those taken birth in india they are very very fortunate because at least when a person has taken birth in india he has some opportunity of having this understanding of reading vedic literature at least he would have heard about some vedic vedic literature he would have read some vedic literature he had gone to temple at least some of the time so human form of life is very rare that to in india and that also when a person comes in touch with uh, touch with this knowledge because not any everyone also who is coming into this in india now is reading all these things but the person who comes in touch with vedic knowledge he is special and vedic knowledge also is very very big very very vast as we discussed there are there are many many puranas then there are there's we have vedas then we have uh, upanishad then we have puranas we have vedanta sutras we have sahitas and like many many vedic literatures are there so he, that's why uh, if a person is not properly guided he will be lost into the vedas lost into the vedas means he will be reading vedas but he is not able to understand what is the crux what is the goal he will be this like cast on to this he will go this way from that way ultimately he will be confused that karna kya what should i do although there are many many things in the vedas what should i do so one of the portion of the veda is called as karma kanda there are three, we have discussed earlier also there are three portions we can divide entire vedic literature into three portions karma kanda gyan and vasana kanda basically karma kanda is what some ritualistic activity what we see here Uh, like there so much of rituals so many rituals happening people are worshiping not worshiping actually doing so many ritualistic uh, things that comes on the karma kand and the main the main person of a person who is doing karma kand activity is not that he wants to please lord for for his for lord's pleasure ultimately a person is doing an activity so that he can please his senses but is better than a person who is atheist because at least this person who is doing some ritualistic activity is uh, able to accept this is there is someone who is superior to me there is someone who is uh, who is, has who has control on this material world so at least is better than a person who is atheist so this person who is following this vedic literature for karma kanda purpose simply following the rules and regulation of the vedas without knowing the real purpose behind it so he may be doing everything but ultimately he will not understand the goal of vedic literature so first is called as this karma kanda then is called as gyan kanda gyan kanda is also one of the one of the portion of the vedas which talks about absolute truth we talks about supreme personality godhead not very vividly but yes it talks about that and generally upanishad is considered for that purpose and generally mayavadis those who are they uh, 
say God as does God does not have any form and all these things. They they read a lot of Vedic literature for Gyan purpose to take some knowledge for their understanding. But as we discussed many times, you cannot understand this Vedic knowledge by Gyan also. As we discuss here, it is mentioned neither the three modes of material nature, Sattva Gund, Rajagur, Tamagur, nor the predominant deities, the five, the five gross elements, the mind, the demigods, nor the human beings can understand your lordship. So it is not possible to understand Krishna or Supreme Absolute Truth by Gyan. Gyan means a person is trying to understand Absolute Truth by his own mental speculation or his own understanding. He is not referring to the Parampara understanding. He is thinking that I can, I can understand and I can approach the Supreme Personality or Supreme whatever is maybe by my own understanding. But that itself is wrong because you yourself are you yourself is limited and what to speak of your knowledge. And Brahma himself is telling that means a person should leave this path of speculation or knowledge if he really want to understand who is Supreme Absolute Truth. So when Brahma is not able to understand who we are, so we can understand Krishna by our own understanding, our Vedic literature, our own mental speculation without the guidance of superior authority. And the third is called as Upasana Gant, where this worship of the Lord Krishna and the demigod worship is also mentioned. There also a person is worshipping and although the person who is less intelligent, again, they worship demigods because they again want to go for some material benefit. But in there, if a person who is very, very intelligent, he will ultimately worship the Supreme Personality of Godhead. And the Supreme Personality of Godhead will ultimately take him to the final purpose of the, what is the real purpose of the uh, Vedic understanding, the Upasana and everything, that to understand the Supreme Krishna. And that's how Krishna also said, Bhagavad the Vedish Harvev, I am Eva Vedya. The entire Vedic literature, such a big, as I told, so many Vedic literatures are there. It is not possible to read any, everything and every, anything and everything in this life only. But if a person understands, Krishna says, Vedish Harvev, I am Eva Vedya. The purpose of all the Vedic understanding, all the Vedic knowledge is to understand Krishna. So if a person is doing everything, that's why if a person is engaged very nicely in all the current kind of activity, he is doing all fast, he is doing all this thing also, what, whatever occasion comes, he does, he goes to temple also, everything he is doing, all the rituals also he is following, but ultimately he is not understanding the, what is the goal of all these activities. Then it is like Shram A.V. Kevalam, he is simply wasting his time and energy. Just like this, uh, let's say you go to, you are you're traveling in a train. You have to go from here to Delhi. Now, the purpose of traveling into train is to go to Delhi. Now, instead of going to Delhi, instead of, instead of when the Delhi comes, the station comes, instead of getting down there, you start analyzing the train condition. Oh, how nicely the train is, how nice the seats are, how nice the people are. And ultimately, you miss your station. Then what is the use? The purpose of traveling and trying to reach Delhi, but instead of going to Delhi, you are doing everything. A similar way, you are doing everything in the Vedic literature, but you are not hitting the crux. What is the ultimate aim of Vedic literature? That is to understand the Supreme Personality, Krishna. If that is not happening, then ultimately, eventually, unfortunately, the person is doing many things, but he is quote-unquote wasting in time. And that's why it is very, very important to understand Vedic literature from bona fide authorities. Sometimes people, after reading Vedas, they, 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 they develop their own understanding about absolute truth and everything. And they ultimately go into a different line. 
very much against the conclusions of the Vedas, which is based on the Acharya understanding. So Acharyas are giving some different understanding and this person is giving some different understanding why it's based on his own mental concoction. Because there are, why so many literature, why so many Vedas, why so many Puranas? Because there are people in all kinds of activities. There are people from, they are in Satogun, Dajagun, Tamagun. It is mentioned in the words. So there are people who are in Tamagun also. So for them also some kind of Vedic literature is required. So that ultimately somehow either they read, something they do, and they can, they can go forward in their spiritual understanding. Just like we had this session recently, Black Magic. So this Black Magic is a very much part of the Vedic literature. It is not that black magic is not there. Definitely black magic is a, is a tantra, is a, is, a, is a vidya. Just like we have many other vidyas, it's also a vidya. And it's mentioned the Vedas itself. One of the four Vedas is mentioned. Because there are many people, they will be in the mode of ignorance. So they would like to understand all these things. So this is mentioned the Veda itself. But people, so sometimes they expect that we will also say, no, this, this, uh, this uh, black magic and all does not happen. Just like when boy was telling that Prabhu, when I saw this session, I thought you will say, you people will say that it doesn't exist. All these are mythology that black magic and all does not exist. But when I heard the session, it is totally different. You are telling it exists. <laughs> so actually it exists. It definitely exists. It is also a, black magic is also kind of a, a tantra vidya which is mentioned in the scriptures. Just like we have many, many other arts mentioned, it is also one of the art which is mentioned in the scriptures. But again, this is meant to destroy Ultimately, the person who is doing black magic and all others and everything, he himself definitely will go to hell. So, that's a fact. But yes, it is mentioned the Veda. It's very much part of the Veda. Because there are people in that mood also. So, Vedas tackle actually all kinds of people. They don't, they not only talk, tackle the people who are in the mode of goodness, but they talk about everyone who is in the mode of passion, ignorance, and you're lower than that. Meat eaters, cow eaters, flesh eaters, everyone. They have to entertain them. That's why, as we discussed, some part of the Veda talks about animal eating also, meat eating also. If you want to eat meat, that is also mentioned the Vedas. But so many restrictions are there. So that they are actually Vedas, uh, by they are not promoting animal killing or eating meat, they want to restrict. So that's why they have given so many tools and regulations. If you want to eat uh, non-vegetarian or uh, meat, then you cannot eat every day or any day. You cannot purchase from outside. That is not allowed. It is not allowed at all in the civilization to purchase meat from market outside. There was no, there was never a system of slaughterhouse and everything in the Vedic civilization. If a person wants to eat meat and everything, and that also not that any animal you can kill. You can kill goat or camel. And then you have to go to a secluded place far away from the village. Then you have to go to a Kali temple on a particular day. Then you have to yourself with your hands, you have to kill that goat. Not that you can uh, you can purchase from outside. You have to kill, practically kill, and you have to look into the eyes of that goat, and you have to you have to tell in the eyes ears of the goat that mansa khaditi mansa. Just like now I am eating you, you can eat me in the next life. So many things you have to do. That then after that you are allowed to eat meat. Otherwise, not that you can eat meat from purchasing outside. That's not allowed. Again, the thing is so that some or the other the person will think okay why I have to do so much of circus? Let me not meet it only. But now it is available every very easily. Anywhere you go and find this slaughterhouse and everything. That's why we see so much of chaos in this world, so much of problems, so much of uh, natural disasters happening because we are giving pain to animals. So anyway, so a person who is totally doing all these activities but is not able to understand the prime goal, the prime purpose of all these activities is ultimately wasting his time. Shrami, we came along. 
so that's why we should be very very care careful also sometime that we have this understanding that i am doing very nicely i am uh, no going to i am doing this richard i am looking taking fast on this day that day and i am doing this also that activity also this fast that fast i am good there also but ultimately the real thing is to understand krishna that is not happening that you wish some avikela and a person when he becomes advanced in in following krishna consciousness by practicing this small this method of sadhana bhakti so that there are two things sadhana bhakti and sadhaguna bhakti raganuga bhakti that means sadhana bhakti where a person is gradually following all the rules and regulation and slowly is getting purified his uh, understanding and the importance of krishna consciousness he increasing his love for krishna and once he has reached to that stage there is totally This love for Krishna is awakened. He has become a pure devotee. Then it, it becomes a spontaneous bhakti. That means then rules and regulations are not required. That time, if a person, if even he does not follow so many rules and regulations, he is not at all affected by material modes of nature because he has transcended the modes of material nature. But that requires a very high qualification. It cannot be artificially imitated. If a person artificially imitates all these things, then he will definitely lose his. krishna consciousness that's why authority is required spiritual guide is required to tell till that time we have to very very rigidly very rigidly means in discipline military discipline we have to follow spiritual life otherwise we can this maya is very strong we can fall on any moment prabhupada also writes that if a person is very very conscious is not if a person not conscious of this material energy and he definitely continuously praying to the lord that please save me from this material energy it is very very difficult to See one from this material energy. You can follow it at any moment. So that's why it is mentioned Bhagavad Gita. Also, you find this verse: When your intelligence has passed out the dense forest of delusion, you shall you shall become indifferent to the all that has been heard and that has to be has to be heard. And when your mind is no longer disturbed by the flowery language of the Vedas, and when it remains fixed in the trance of self-realization. then you will have attained the divine consciousness so these two verses are basically telling that yes vedas have a mean vedas ultimately the purpose of the vedic literature to make to to uh, make a person krishna conscious but once to reach to that particular situation when you have uh, become spontaneously attracted to krishna become a pure devotee then it is not that a person has to follow rules and regulation of the vedic literature just like taking bath three times thrice in a day and doing prayers and that is not required for a person who has reached that stage but again that cannot be imitated that has to be practiced a person after following years together this krishna consciousness and once he once he get blessing of the pure devotee of the lord then only he can reach that stage not artificially but yes there is a there is a place that's why krishna in bhagavad gita trigurnya bhava trigurnya vishaya veda nistrigurnya bhava arjuna that means this veda talks about three modes of material nature He is telling Arjuna, "You please rise, rise above the three modes of material nature." That means, yes, Vedanta talks about Sattva Gun, Raja Gun, and Tamo Gun. But ultimately, the main understanding is when you understand about Krishna, that is beyond this even Sattva Gun. That is called as transcendental. That is called as Shuddha Sattva. So you have to rise above from even these three modes of material nature. That's why Brahmana is called as the mode of goodness, and Vaishnava is called as the mode of pure goodness, Shuddha Sattva. So you have to even go beyond Sattva Gun. and then you can actually understand supreme personality god otherwise we will be simply entangled in the vedic rituals only we will do yagya and everything but ultimately we will not understand who is krishna what is the purpose of doing yagya 
if one can understand the supreme personality of godhead and engages in his service there is no more need of severe austerity penances and so on however if one after performing severe austerities and penances one does not understand the supreme personality of godhead such practices are useless there is a very famous verse with narad muni says aradhito yadi hari tapasat tatke that means if you are you are doing aradhana of hari you are worshiping hari tapasat tatke what is the use of any so called austerity and na aradhito yadi hari tapasat tatke that means if you are not worshiping hari then what is the meaning of any so called tapasya then antar bahi yadi hari tapasat tatke that means if inside and outside krishna is there hari is there then what is the use what is the use of any other tapasya what is the need of any other tapasya and na antar bahi yadi hari tapasat tatke that means if inside and outside krishna is not there hari is not there what is the use of any other tapasya so ultimately the purpose of all the penances and everything is to awaken our love for krishna and then if you are doing that then it is useful otherwise it is waste of time and that's how krishna also says in bhagavad gita very very important thing so what happens with us all of us why we become we forget krishna why we are not able to remember krishna why we are not able to realize that supreme personality godhead is there because we have this understanding that whatever problems i have whatever uh, because everyone has problem in this material right nobody is free from problems so we have this understanding that my problems my difficulties and everything i can solve by myself it happens right many person they many time they will have their own understanding and they think as i even chanting also we think a lot when we are chanting we are thinking of something else we are thinking of some solution although i am chanting but my my mind is thinking of some problem and at solution because i think that i am more powerful than holy name i am more powerful than krishna i will find out all the solution by myself but krishna tells something else in bhagavad gita what he says this is a very important verse in 18 chapter mat chitta sar durgani mat prasada tarishashi ata cheto mahankara na sorshashi vinashashi krishna is saying if you become conscious of me you will pass over all the obstacles of condition life by my grace if however you do not work in such consciousness but act through false ego not hearing me you will be lost so both the thing krishna is saying first of all is giving assurance that if you become become my devotee if you think of me and i will take care of all the problems and second he is giving warning also that if you don't do like then what will happen you will be lost so we have lot of faith on our own intelligence and abilities right that's why we do not approach lot for solutions we think that i can i can do by my own i don't need to approach any lord i don't need to approach any authority i can take care of myself i am now independent i can do whatever i want no the crux is that till the time a person is totally dependent on the lord he is not dependent on the lord he will be suffering just like a child child is never bothered how he can take care of his cloth how will take care of his food how will take care of his residence and everything he is everything is given charge to his parents now parents are taking care of this child very very nicely similarly when we give this charge of our life in the hands of krishna right now we are trying to lead our life as per our own desires and this thing understanding but krishna is telling you leave everything aside and just surrender unto me i will take care of everything you think become my devotee because nothing what is what is there in this world which is not in the control of the lord 
sometimes people comes and ask prabhu can i when i chant hari krishna mantra can i get the solution of this problem if i chant hari krishna mantra this can i will i get solution of this problem why not you will get but we should not chant for that purpose because ultimately we cannot engage lord in our service but it's a fact also when a person chants hari krishna mantra when he become devotee all the problems in financially financial problem whatever a person has most of the times we have seen it get solved many times we have seen a person is going to rough places but he becomes devotee he chants nicely because krishna is a yog yogakshema mahamiyan he is not a liar he is telling i take care of my devotee so definitely he will take care we have heard the story of arjuna chare if you remember in one of the session we discussed arjuna chare was a great devotee krishna personally came and delivered whatever was required to him so krishna is not telling a lie he is definitely take care of his devotee but def- but before that you should become a devotee then he will take care so rather than having faith on our own intelligence and abilities devotee has full faith on the ability of the lord just like we see the past times of past time of draupadi and draupadi was was in trouble so she surrendered ultimately to krishna that please take care of me now i cannot save myself if you want you can save me marobi rakubi jo ichu tuma another devotee says so then she surrenders and krishna supplies cloth and she was saved like the pandavas also many many devotees we have seen pralad maharaj himself is a great example he was into so much of difficult difficulty his father himself is trying to kill me kill him and he is he is uh, trying to do so many things so that he can kill him trying to you know throw him from that uh, from mountain and throwing him in some snakes so many things but still he has faith in the lord the lord will save me finally lord saved him and where are we we don't have this many problems this father is trying to kill us and all <laughs> but krishna is there so krishna will take care of everyone is taking care of but we have to that much faith so for that krishna is you have to become conscious of me are we trying to become conscious of krishna this question we should ask to ourselves this is our foremost duty we may be doing so many duties in this world of this society family and everything but are we conscious of the lord during that duty that is the my foremost duty all all other duties are secondary in front of this one duty that is i have to remember lord always and if a person is doing this duty that i am remembering lord always then he he need not to actually take care of any other duty because lord will take care of everything for the devotee and we have seen many many times in that case so now our entire focus our entire energy our entire effort should be how much i am able to remember lord throughout the day even while performing my regular material duties as well i am working in office i am studying am i able to remember lord throughout the day or simply for morning two hours when i am chanting that time also after two hours one hours will go some taking this thing that thing one hour will go on sleeping while chanting also so am i able to remember lord that time no even not at times and not even throughout the day and what is the meaning of krishna consciousness krishna consciousness means that we have to remember lord always for us 24 hours in a day even while sleeping also that is our standard prabhupad says when you are eating also even that time also you can think you are in between the gap of the morsel you can think of the lord you can chant krishna same that time also so if a person comes to that understanding that is not able to forget lord for a single moment then is not even not required to follow any of the rules and regulation of this material world because it is already related although that that position is not easy to attain that requires a lot of tapasya a lot of practice and lot of and that's why in conditional stage right now we are not accustomed to think of lord always 
So we have to consciously do effort for that. Just like uh, when we start, uh, we have we have uh, learning how to ride a bicycle or how to ride a bike. So initially we have to be very very careful. We have to see how I'm, I'm where is the brake and where is the clutch and where is gear everything. And I have to be very very careful initially. But a time will come, you will be effortlessly driving the bicycle or bike or whatever it may be. Similarly, when we are in the conditional state right now, the Maya is, has, has uh, engaged us in such a way that we are not able to remember a lot. But initially, we have to try to lot, remember a lot even by force or sometimes even by uh, conscious effort also. Prabhupada also writes in Bhagavad Gita, you will find eight chapter, this word, this translation, that we should force our initially we have to sometimes force our, force our mind to think of Krishna. Because mind will not allow to think of Krishna. But the fact is that till that time you are not thinking of Krishna, will be always remain in trouble. This trouble or that trouble. So if you really want to come out of all the troubles of material world, then you should think of Krishna always and you have to practice it. You have to practice it. There are many ways. The easiest way is to chant Hare Krishna Mantra always. Sometimes you can put an alarm, you can put a reminder in your phone as well. And every half an hour you can, it will remind you, I have to chant Hare Krishna, I have to chant Hare Krishna. And that works, all these things works because mind has to learn that I have to chant Hare Krishna, I have to chant Hare Krishna. So if it is not possible to uh, remember like that, you can always keep your alarm and reminder. And every half an hour Hare Krishna Mantra will be chanted and you can remember that now I have to chant Hare Krishna Mantra. So that and all is possible provided you want to do that. If you don't want to do that, that's a different thing. But Krishna is promising you here. If you become conscious of me, you will pass over all the obstacles of conditional life by my grace. And what is the other side? If however you do not work in such consciousness, but act through false ego, not hearing me, you will be lost. And what happens when a person remembers Krishna always? So this was the verse I'm talking about. I will read translation only. This is a verse by Madhvendra Guri. If you remember, we have discussed about Madhvendra Guri, the pastime where deity is stealing for his devotee. That devotee was Madhvendra Puri. So Madhvendra Puri is, has written this verse. What is telling? And he is on an exalted platform that he can tell these things. We cannot tell. What he is telling? Oh, my prayers three times a day. All glory to you. Obeying, I offer my obeisances unto you. Oh, demigods, oh, forefathers, please excuse me for my inability to offer my respects, offer you my respects. Now, wherever I sit, I can remember the great descendant of the Yedu dynasty, the enemy of Kansa, and thereby I can free myself from all sinful bondage. I think this is sufficient for me. So it's telling all these things are not, not now required. I, because wherever I go, I can simply remember the lotus feet of Krishna or uh, the, my, I become Krishna conscious. So I, these things are not required for me at all to follow all the rules and regulations. But that stays a very, very high advanced stage. Nobody can copy, imitate it. And what happens when a person remembers Krishna always? That's why when you remember Krishna, everything is there. Krishna is Yogeshwara. What, 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 is, what is the thing which Krishna does not have? Lakshmi is serving thousands of Lakshmi actually serving Krishna. So if you want money also, Krishna will give you, provided you, you remember Krishna. So what is the last verse of Bhagavad Gita? This is the last verse of Bhagavad Gita. Yatra Yogeshwara Krishna, Yatra Partho Dhanurdara, this Sanjay is telling that wherever there is Krishna, the master of all mystic, and wherever there is Arjun, the devotee, the supreme archer, 
there will be all there will also certainly be opulence victory extraordinary power and morality that is my opinion so you can see if krishna is there with you all these things are already there with you you have opulence you have victory you have extraordinary power and morality everything is there so why we should go anywhere else just you have to remember lord and lord will provide everything provided we remember lord because we don't remember lord we don't hear we don't read scriptures we don't follow the instruction of pure duty that's why we were in trouble always so as i told there are many many species of life even after coming in touch with krishna consciousness also many people may be there who may not be able to take entire benefit of this movement they may also come for some time and they may go out. all the whatever they have done that is permanent credit for them but still this this movement or this parampara this krishna consciousness is actually trying to give you something which is far far uh, more superior and and interested and important than so called material achievement and even mukti it is far far more it is trying to give you krishna bhakti it is trying to give you krishna prema which you will not get anywhere else but even though material things are also available you see opulence victory extraordinary power everything is available provided we to become conscious of krishna always and how to become krishna conscious always how fast is very easily you should keep on chanting hare krishna mantra this chanting of hare krishna mantra prabhu says will save a devotee from so many fall downs in his life that's why we should always keep on chanting do not because the mind is so contaminated as soon as you not chant you think of krishna you will think something of material about money or women and wine this thing people will think if he is not engaged in krishna consciousness you will think of money women and wine so we should always try to think of krishna and that's the best thing is chanting of hari krishna mantra let's just try to practice it if you are walking from some place to the other place keep on chanting hari krishna mantra you train your mind in such a way as, as soon as i get some time let me always chant hari krishna so you have to occupy your mind your mind should be fully occupied with these things then we can save ourselves from this material energy otherwise very difficult the great great rishi munis also they were not able to save themselves from this uh, material energy of the lord mam maya dalatte mam evai prabhatate till the time a person surrender to krishna it is not possible to save from this material energy surrender means complete surrender that means whatever krishna says that i will do and when a person become totally surrendered to krishna he is not at all obliged to any of the material duties it's a fact it is mentioned shrimad bhagavatam if you find this verse devrishi bhutatva ninam pritrinam nayam kintra charini charajan sarvatmay sharanam sarnam gato mukundam parihartam that is a person who has dedicated his life for krishna he is not at all indebted to devrishi bhutatva and anyone else he is not at all indebted to any one of them because he has surrendered to krishna so when krishna is there when there is no obligation nothing is required person simply has to remember lord always and become a pure devotee and how to remember lord always by chanting his holy name if one can reach the platform of understanding by service to the supreme lord krishna he has no longer to execute different types of penance and penances and sacrifices as recorded in the vedic scriptures now this chanting all of us should be very very this should be the most important activity of our day most important activity of our day should be chanting of holy name of krishna when we do that then shows our sincerity and seriousness now we will see a video a very small video of uh, of on chanting hari krishna mantra how it goes into different circles 
now all of us are mostly chanting offensive offensively we are not thinking of the lord we have material desires but what is the stage of chanting you will see when a person goes into deeper circle of chanting that we will see although we don't have any experience but we can hear from the devotees who are already following all this so there is uh, this video it is a part of a lecture but it's very good So when we chant, coming back to that point, that Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is a Yajneshwara for Kali Yuga, and the way to please him is to chant the Hare Krishna Mahamantra. And anybody who chants Hare Krishna Mahamantra as a beginner, as well as very advanced devotee when they chant Hare Krishna Mahamantra, the process is the same but at different planes of existence, the same thing is executed. Just like when we chant Hare Krishna with offenses, Prabhupada chant Hare Krishna Mahamantra with offenses. He does Japa, we do Japa. The difference is, his Japa is, not only his body is chanting and hearing, his soul is chanting and hearing. When we chant Hare Krishna Mahamantra, our body is chanting, mind is chanting. To what degree our soul is chanting depends upon our awakening. But it is only by our body and the mind chanting, our chanting goes into higher circles. Higher circles, but deeper, you can say. Grossly, body, tongue is chanting, mind is chanting. And then you are hearing. The chanting and hearing, chant with the tongue and hear with the mind and the ears, that is how it begins. And that process of chanting with the tongue and hearing with the ears and the mind purifies the mind. As the mind gets purified, our deeper sense of self will also start chanting and deeper self-hearing. Soul gets involved in chanting and hearing. So it goes, that process goes on. At one level, you do, it purifies you, it take, it, it continue, it, it extends your chanting to a deeper level. And then more you get purified, then that further extends into a deeper level. So finally the soul in an awakened state will chant Hare Krishna Mahamantra. But the process is same. From simple, who do, the chanting by people who do not know any philosophy of Krishna consciousness, simply participating in Sankirtana, that process is same. The pure devotee chanting and ringing is the same, but it is being performed in another plane of existence in addition to the external one. That's what I said, extends, extends. 
our japa our quality of japa extends from gross bodily mental level to spiritual level one level of one level of chanting or chanting from one plane of existence it purifies the next layer of existence the next layer of existence finally you know it is said that the 16 words of hare krishna mahamantra it uh, it uh, purifies and awakens 16 layers of the self so the big secret iti shodashakanam nam kalikalmashanashanam nathro paratro pay sarva vedeshu drushyate the 16 syllable 16 word mantra it ultimately completely awakens the soul any questions so that's how you can see here sometime we do not understand what is this chanting of hari krishna mantra we do but actually it is the person who has done the person who is doing and the scriptures are telling is actually ultimately purifies the soul and person can come out of all the material miseries and chanting also can be performed at different levels of existence as i was telling right now we are chanting to different degrees we are committing so many offenses also but the same when we keep on chanting keep on chanting keep on chanting and hearing keep on chanting and hearing first it purifies our mind then our senses then ultimately reaches to soul soul level and then an awakened stage how much our body is chanting and how much our soul is chanting ultimately soul gets involved in the chanting and then the entire soul gets awakened so it's a process it takes time but it takes uh, depends on how nicely we are engaged how nicely i am chanting how nicely i am how much i am chanting that's so very important that's why bhakti sadar maharaj says that if you want to chant offensively then you should chant continuously prabhupada has many times told that 24 hours you should chant our tongue should be engaged in chanting krishna's name only so that looks little impractical initially but it is possible it is possible if you can do that if you try to do that it is possible it is possible and that is a very nice advantage you will get when you live with devotees i i can say from my example my personal example is there because when you live with devotees many things you can learn so generally our understanding is i have chanted 16 rounds my quota of the day is done now chanting i should keep at a place next day before next day, i should not see at all that chanting way i should hide it somewhere i should not see this this chanting way before tomorrow no this is not understanding chanting 16 rounds at minimum not the maximum and as i say many devotees i see in our our temple in our ashram they keep on chanting they keep on chanting you are you are coming in prasadam hall you are taking a plate you are you are serving vest you are taking prasadam keep on chanting hare krishna and when you keep on chanting hare krishna mantra it inspires others also to chant hare krishna otherwise what you will do you will do prajalpa unnecessary talk so keep chanting nicely in office also now sometime and actually uh, people because i also have worked in corporate i know how it works i know how dirty politics people do in corporate and everything but if you are you have around yourself you have created a kind of this environment as a protection layer then nobody will touch you also 
just like one one devotee very nicely was telling recently came to mumbai his father uh, his father and the son both of them they came so father was telling i always make sure that my should my boy should always wear tilak my son should always wear tilak i asked why because if he is wearing tilak at least this element this uh, uh, or element which actually disturbing elements they will keep away from him. the boys are there no they will do all nonsense activity at least when they see this person is wearing tilak is it a satvik let us not disturb him so this is very very important to live in devotee association then you will find this kind of things this like when he is telling madhu pandit prabhu is telling his grace madhu pandit prabhu, he is telling not for simply by reading books he has experience of 40 years of chanting last 40 years he is chanting and that's how you can see the kind of words which are coming out from from his experience the soul also will get involved in chanting and it can happen with everyone it is not that it is a utopian thought it can happen with everyone but provided with practice it's sincere just like prabhupad says this thing the chanting of hari krishna mantra is very very easy and sublime but one has to practice it very very sincerely so are we practicing practicing it sincerely that is question we should ask to ourselves and when you do that i'm telling you we have seen miracles happening miracles happen actually miracles happening devotees life all the problems of so called material world problem family problem society problem this problem body problem get solved when krishna comes into picture what is the harm who will, who can stop krishna krishna for arjuna for for uh, kauravas for pandavas krishna change the timings of the sun and moon so what krishna cannot do krishna can do anything provided we try to involve krishna in our life we think that i am more intelligent than krishna i can solve all my problems krishna says okay you try you try your level best <laughs> and finally nothing will be there they will come back to me so better intelligent person first of all he directly go to krishna and krishna i am not at all qualified to do anything by my own please help me and take me out of this problem so that is how this chanting works so when acharya has given shri prabhupad has given is not something which 16 words he has given and uh, there is uh, no you can chant anything and whatever no krishna himself is in the 16 words nama prabhu is there so now we have to involve ourselves in hari krishna mahamantra sandhi this is our prime duty the foremost duty all the duties are secondary if you do this duty is been taken care that i will first satisfy lord then lord will take care of everything in our case what happens the lord satisfaction is the last priority for us sabse end mein we will see or think of lord we will think of everything in this world but we will think of lord towards the end just like when many time it happens in covid times it happened many times people stopped giving donations they were giving donations and they stopped it and many ask uh, what happened no salary is coming less earlier we were getting this much now we are getting this much so we stopped donation but you are not stopped uh, you are going to movies and you are not stopped anything else going to restaurant no no that is important lord will take care towards that so lord will also see okay we'll see also <laughs> my time will come they will show you <laughs> the lord is not a, not our priority so lord is not also keep us as priority 